Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson, and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. 2023 was an amazing year for City Hope. Uh, we saw God move in people's lives, and that's what it's all about, to God be the glory, great things he has done. There's nothing like experiencing God in your life, and that's what we're all about here at City Hope. I, I was just sitting here thinking just a second ago, and you know, about two and a half years ago, a group of people got together in my living room, and we began to pray and say, God, what do you want us to do? And now here we are, you know, two years celebrating all that he's done and just seeing so many of you. I haven't even got to meet some of you here today, but thank you for being here. I, I just want to give God so much glory for all that he's done, all he's going to continue to do. Uh, we celebrate today, and uh, as we kick off this new year, New Year's resolutions, how many of you guys made a New Year's resolution this year? Be honest, all right, some of you. How many of you already broke one? Go, you're in church. You can't lie. Thank you, Shira. All right. Uh, we celebrate that. I think it's important uh, to celebrate, to, to get a new and fresh year off to a good start. And so today I just want to celebrate and give God glory. And I want you to help me. One of my New Year's resolutions is to not talk so much, to get you guys to talk back to me a little bit. All right. And so I'm going to work on that today. So we're going to celebrate a little bit today. And some of you, when you walked in, you got an envelope. All right. Go ahead. If you got one of those, is it envelope or envelope? All right. I've always wondered that. Anyways, uh, 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 if you got one of those, uh, sticky things that you open, open it up right now, grab that out. And when I call on you, all right, when I call your number, we're going to put that number up on the screen. I want you to stand up and you're going to read what your card says. Okay. Now, if you can't read, hand it to the person next to you. All right. All right. Or if you're scared, find somebody around you. All right. But we're all in this together. But we just want to celebrate what God's done. And I want you to see a couple things that we believe are really big deals. All right. Is everybody good? We're going to start off with this one. 40,400. 40,400. Who has that one? There we go. Read, read what it says. 40,400 dollars. Praise God. We, through our mission partners, through our benevolence, that's just, you know, people coming and they, they may need help with some groceries or, or a light bill or something like that. We were able to give over $40,000 away this year. That's a big testament to you and your faithfulness and your giving as well. Uh, next number, 1,856. My bald head brother Max has got it, all right? Opportunities to minister to City Hope kids. So what that means is throughout every Sunday, we had 51 Sundays because we took the last Sunday off for 51 Sundays. All the times that we had kids in our ministry, 1,856 times did we have an opportunity right here on Sunday mornings to minister to kids. What a, an amazing, amazing thing. 519, 519. Students, 6th grade through 12th grade, 519 opportunities to minister to City Hope students. That's incredible. This is year two, guys. This is year two, all right? 107. This is one of my favorite ones, number 107. Volunteers that serve at City Hope. Listen, 
I, I cannot thank you enough. Nothing, if it was just us and, and kind of our staff, me, Pastor Brad, Pastor Stephen, nothing would get done, all right? We have to have 107 people this year volunteered at City Hope Church to make our teams are the best teams. We love everyone who serves. I'm so, so thankful. Uh, our goal is to double that number this year. So you'll have an opportunity to sign up here in a minute, all right? I'm just kidding, all right? Uh, next number, 90. 90. Who has number 90? People who participated in small groups. We wholeheartedly, one of the heartbeats of our church is as we grow, when more and more people, as we grow larger, we also have to grow smaller. We all need people in our corner. We all need people to love us. And our small groups are the best way to do that. And we've had over 90 people participate in small groups this year, which is phenomenal. What a great number. Uh, 38. 38. Who has 38? First-time visitor families. Now, this is a good one, right? Because some of you, maybe you're even here today, right? And, and if you've been here with us for a while, you know what we do. We, we say, you know, we, thank you for being here. And we got a little card we want you to fill out. Or there's a little uh, QR code on the back of the chair. And if you are new today, fill that out for us. But uh, not everybody enjoys filling those things out. And we don't get a lot of them back. But we did get 38 families for the first time that most of them are looking for a church, uh, have never been to church or haven't been to church in a long time and so we're thankful for those families that filled out those cards and this next one kind of goes right along with it 37 37 who has that one 37 percent attendance increase from 2022 to 2023 we give God glory for that and can I just be honest with you um thank you yeah absolutely the number one reason the number one thing that we hear how did you hear about City Hope somebody invited me Somebody invited me. So that, that, that's a testament to you guys inviting your friends and your family and your neighbors. Uh, next one, number 24. We just got a couple more. Uh, 24, who has that? 24 students made a decision for Jesus at beach camp. Students, beach camp is one of the greatest weeks of the year. Let me encourage you. We're going again this summer. So if you, if you want more information about that, get that from Brian and Erica. Um, just an amazing, amazing week. Uh, 22, 22. Who has that one? People baptized at City Hope Church. <clears throat> Listen, I tell, I tell our staff and, and, and our team all the time, you know, we can't save anybody. As, as a pastor, I can't save you, right? I can help set up the date with you and Jesus, and he can do all that, and we can give you opportunities. But uh, taking these steps of baptism, that's you taking steps in your journey with Christ. And I'm so, so thankful for that. Last one, last one, and, and, and this one's big too, 17.5, 17.5. 17.5% giving increase Seventeen and a half percent giving has increased in 2022. I, I'm 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 so thankful for that. Again, uh, we give God these the, the glory for all these things, but so many of you have been faithful. So many of you have said, you know what, we're going to step out on faith and we're going to start giving and we're going to go to church and we're going to we're going to do all we can. We're going to serve and we're going to take steps in our journey, and we give God all the honor and glory for that. But as City Hope, listen to me. I want you to hear this. If you don't remember any of those other numbers, remember this one. As a church, we must remain one focused. We must remain. All these numbers are good, but there's people out there. There's somebody that you come in contact with this week. There's somebody in your sphere of influence that's lost and needs hope and they need Jesus. And we have work to do.
And we need to remain one focused. I'm so incredibly thankful for 2023, but I truly believe this church, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. God has blessed us and he's been doing some great work and I want more of that blessing, right? I want some more of that. I want more, not to brag, not so that we can pat ourselves on the back, so we can reach more people, so we can have more people come to know Jesus and experience him. I believe that in 2024, God's gonna do miracles. And, and one of the things I love to do, we love to go to movies, right? And before the movie plays, you get the previews of the upcoming movies, right? And, and I wanna give you a preview. Here's some things that are in 2024 that I believe God's going to do. He's already got things in motion. One of those things is our counseling ministry. Well, I've been talking about this and praying about this for so long, and I think it's so needed, a biblical counseling ministry and a counseling center. And I believe 2024, we're going to take some huge steps in that. I cannot wait for what God's going to do. We already have mission trips planned on the books for you and your family to go and go and serve God in different places around the world. Uh, We have community projects. We're trying our best to get out in the community. And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, it hasn't been easy, right? A lot of people are very standoffish against churches and against Christians, um, but we've got some community projects scheduled. We've got discipleship opportunities. One of my uh, things that I'm really, really excited about is something that we're going to call The Loop. The loop. And this is our version of church membership, right? So for two years, we haven't really had church membership. We've just been building and building a good foundation. Well, the loop is going to begin in February. You're going to get more information about that. And how can you partner with City Hope Church? How can you become a member? And what does that mean? What does a church member even mean? And what does that look like? And we're going to begin that process here in, uh, in February, here in just a few weeks. But we rely on Jesus for all of these things. We rely on him. We, we know God's going to do something, but that doesn't mean we just sit back and do nothing, right? It doesn't mean we just sit back and go, all right, God, show up and do something. We got to get to work. We've got to take steps. And we, as his body of Christ, we need to grow. You as a believer, you as a person, you need to grow in your walk. You need to be challenged. You need to take steps in your journey. Just like as, as our children, we want to see them take steps. And that's why we go from kindergarten to first grade into second grade. We take steps in our journey. Journey, right? And you and I, we need to take steps in our world, uh, in our impact with the world. Some of you, uh, you haven't really had much of an impact on the world because it's been all about you. And this year, God may be calling you, all right, it's time. It's time for you to step out of what you are all about and adjust your life to what God's doing. And God's doing a great work here at City Hope Church. So what does that look like for you? 2024, new year, fresh time. I, I believe with all of my heart that God can use City Hope Church to impact the world. I believe it, and, and, and I'm ready for him to do it. But I want to illustrate it like this. Anybody in here like doing puzzles? Any, 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 any puzzle people? Um, my wife, for some reason, uh, loves to do puzzles, and she bought us this puzzle this year for Christmas, all right? And after our 827th uh, Christmas movie that we, she made us watch, we were starting to go, what else can we do? So she got us a puzzle. And we, we don't do a lot of puzzles, but we enjoy it. You know, you set it out on the, on the table. And the worst part of a puzzle is once you get it all done, it's like, what do we do now? Right? And, and, then, and then somebody, you know, rips it up. And you're like, dang, we just did all that work. But I want to ask you this question. Have you ever tried to do a puzzle and, and, and taken the box away? <laughs> Have you ever tried to do a puzzle and not seen the picture of what it's supposed to be like? Think about this. I mean, there's a lot of green in this. I think it would be pretty difficult to do this puzzle without a picture of what it's supposed to be. And I think in our lives, for some of us, we're going through life and we don't really have a picture of what it's supposed to be. 
You see, every one of these pieces inside of this box, and by the way, I was going to use Legos, but they're so expensive, I had to, <laughs> we had to use a puzzle. But, but the, the, every, every piece in this puzzle is made for a specific reason. It's made for a specific part of the big picture, right? It's made just for that one place, that perfect place for it to fit in. And that little piece, when they're all put together, it completes the picture. Well, you know, the, the Bible calls Christians, those who have given their life to Christ, the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is a church. And as a church together, you and I all have different functions, right? Just like each puzzle piece is different, each puzzle piece comes together and gets to see the whole picture. You and I, as people who love Jesus and are striving to live for him, the body of Christ, we all have a different function. But I want you to understand something. It takes the pieces to make the picture. It takes the pieces to make the picture. And sometimes as Christians, we get upset because we know what the picture should look like, but when we look at our lives, it doesn't match up, right? It doesn't really look like the picture that it's supposed to. And we're like, man, I get frustrated and I get, why is it not this way? And why did God do this? And how come I have to go through this? And, and, and you know, I messed up and I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And what we have to understand is in order to get to the picture, it's a process, right? You don't just open the box and bam, the picture falls out. It's a process of putting the pieces in the right place. As a matter of fact, just tell somebody around you right now, it's a process. All right, come on, I need you guys to get a little energy, all right? Tell somebody around you, it's a process, all right? Thank you, thank you, Colby. Listen, listen, listen. In order for the picture to become reality, it takes the pieces being put in the right place. And for some of you in your life, that's what God wants to do with you in 2024. He wants to put the pieces in the right place. And, and you need to get this vision from God. Okay, God, I need a vision. Why was I created? I'm the puzzle piece. Where do I fit? If I'm the puzzle piece, God, in the church, I'm the puzzle piece of my family. God, give me a vision of what it's supposed to look like so I can strive after that. It's a process. So let me bring that to our sermon for today. As we think about being a puzzle piece, you and I, we're all puzzle pieces and, and, and we're striving for this picture that God has given us. What is that supposed to look like? Well, let me start with this. Once you've been reborn, you need to be reformed. Once you've been reborn, you need to be reformed. Once you accept Christ as your personal Savior in your life and you become a part of what the Bible calls the family or the body of Christ, then you and I, we need to be reformed. doesn't mean that we're ever going to get there. Where it's, a, it's a constant journey. It's a striving to get to this place. Paul was, a, was one of the greatest uh, authors, preachers, church planners in all the Bible. And he writes this letter to the church in Rome. And I want you to hear what he says. Probably a familiar passage to many of you. The Bible says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So I'm looking at God's mercies. Because of that, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. So what he's saying, you're a puzzle piece. And because of who God is, allow God to use you. Allow God to put you where the vision is, where he has you. And then this is what he says, verse 2. Don't be conformed to this age. Don't look at the world. Don't, don't be conformed to what you see on earth but be transformed. 
by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. Again, the church is the body of Christ. We're all different. We all have different functions. We're all different people. But I have to take personal responsibility to make sure that I am functioning within the body the way that God created me to. In other words, I have to know the picture, the vision for my life that God has. And so how do I do that? The Bible says I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm transformed. Think about transformers, right? Right? They're one thing, they're a car, and then it changes into something totally different. And how do I do that in my life? How do I be transformed? Well, the Bible says renew my mind. For some of you, man, that's, that's how you need to kick this year off. 2023 might have been tough. It might have been rough on you. It might have been rough on your family. And, and what God's calling you to in 2024, renew your mind. Leave that in the past and renew what God wants to do in your life. Live your life with a vision from God for this year, not looking in the rear view. Live your life with a picture. And I'm striving after the picture that God wants for my life. Now understand this. Here's what I'm not saying. And here's what the Bible's not saying. If you think positive thoughts, then everything's going to be okay. That's not what he's saying. If you just think on good things, then your life will be great. The Bible says be transformed. You're going to be made different. You're going to be made new. I renew my mind so I can know the will of God for my life. So how do I do that? Let's get real practical. How do I renew my mind? Paul also wrote a letter to the church. And in Colossians chapter 3, he says this. So if you've been raised with Christ, here's, here's what he says. Listen to this. How do I renew my mind? Seek the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So how do I renew my mind? I seek the things above. I don't put my mind on earth. And, and let's be honest today, all right? We're all friends. It's, it's a new year. You got plenty of time to get mad, right? So, so, so uh, let's, let's be honest. A lot of us in our lives, we get so distracted with family and church and Bible and, 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 and work and all of this stuff down here. And it's good stuff, right? It's good stuff. But we get so distracted with down here. And the Bible says, how do I renew my mind? I set my mind on earth, on heavenly things. I don't look at earthly things. So the picture, what it's supposed to look like, comes from above. The picture of what your personal life is supposed to look like comes from above. And we find that in a person named Jesus. Now, now stay with me with me for just a second. The picture of your life and my life. So many of us are walking through life and we're trying to do the puzzle without the picture. And we find ourselves fumbling. We find ourselves in the wrong place. We find ourselves not functioning in the way that we really wish we were because we don't have the correct picture. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to give you the picture because the personal picture that you and I get, we receive it from heaven, and it's in Jesus. The picture of who we are supposed to be, our lives are supposed to look like, is Jesus. John 14, 6, Jesus said this. This is what Jesus is telling us. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What's the way through this life in 2024? Jesus. I look at Jesus. I strive to be like Jesus. I'm chasing after Jesus is the way. It's the clear picture that I can imitate. Now, I want to jump in today, and we're not, we're not going to be real long. I think every pastor says that, but anyways. The, the Bible is full of descriptions 
of what Jesus is like. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, go read those and you can look at how Jesus lived his life. That's the picture for you and I that you and I need to be striving after. So today, if you want your life to look more like a picture, here's what I wanna challenge you to do. I'm gonna give you seven ways to be more like Jesus in 2024. Seven ways to be more like Jesus in 2024. That's our picture. That's, the, that's the, the vision for our lives when I'm striving to make sure that I'm the puzzle piece, I'm functioning in the way that God wants me to. In, in my church, in my family, in my workplace, seven ways to be more like Jesus in 2024. We're gonna go through, through these quick, so take notes, take pictures, write it down on your phone, all right? Number one, number one, hang out with sinners. Hang out with sinners. All throughout the Bible, Jesus chose to eat with sinners. He chose to be with people who were not like him. He wanted to make sure that they understood repentance. They understood the forgiveness that was available for them. As Jesus' ministry grew, this is crazy. His popularity grew with the people who were not like him. Think about that. Today, non-church people don't really love church people, right? But Jesus, the people, the outcasts, they loved Jesus. They loved spending time with him. Spending time with the tax collectors, that was the worst of the worst. Spending time with sinners, it was not only natural, but that's what he came to do. The Bible says in Mark chapter 2, he came not to call the righteous, but sinners, you and I, we need to make sure that we are hanging out with sinners. His own goal was for sinners to come to know God. Now, a little side note here. I want you to understand this. Lost people are always going to do lost people things. All right? You as the church, you as a Christian, we cannot expect lost people to act in a godly way because they don't know the Lord. They don't know how they're supposed to act. They don't have the picture. And we, the church, the body of Christ, we are the hands and feet of Jesus to go spend time with people who don't yet know Christ. Jesus ate with sinners. And the fact is, is he looked way beyond the culture and he looked into people's hearts. He looked into their hearts. The Pharisees and the other religious leaders, they looked at their behaviors, they looked at their actions, they looked at their words and said, no, they're not worthy. But Jesus looked at people's hearts. He saw their spiritual need. So this year, what's the picture for you and I? We need to hang out with sinners. Number two, number two, this is probably my favorite one. Upset religious people. <laughs> Upset religious people. In Jesus' days, the, the rabbis and the Pharisees, they were the elite. Everybody looked up to them. These were the guys that knew the Bible. They knew everything. They were in charge. They were the leaders, right? They were strict adherents to the law, and they did everything right, right? They got it all perfect, and they were guardians of the traditions, and, and they were, man, they were just examples to everybody around them. But I want you to see something. You go throughout the Bible, they always avoided sinners, they always avoided the people. They didn't follow, anybody that didn't follow their rules, anybody that didn't look like them and dress like them and act like them and talk like them, they didn't have anything to do with them. They were this religious class of, of, of people that, that Jesus just came and he flipped on his head and he says, wait a minute, you guys are just hanging out with all the righteous people. What about the people who need God? And all the time we see when Jesus came and he hung out, he, he hung out. When Jesus came and he hanged, hanged, hung, hung, he hung out with sinners. That was tough. <laughs> Jeez. Uh. <laughs> 
when Jesus hung out with sinners. The religious elite didn't like it. They got upset. They got mad. Why is he doing that? I'll never forget when, when Sheer and I kind of first got started in ministry, we were uh, working with students, sixth grade to 12th grade. And at the beginning of January, we would have this um, event called Disciple Now. And our church back in Tennessee, we would have four to 500 students show up for this weekend. And it was amazing. And what we would do is we bring all the students to church on Friday and they would go home and spend the night in different homes. And we'd do all day Saturday, do a couple services. And then we'd all come to church on Sunday and it would just be a, 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 just an amazing discipleship weekend. And I'll never forget, for the first couple years we did it, Friday night we'd have this awesome service and big band and speaker would come in and Saturday, man, we'd just play games and rent just crazy inflatables and do all kinds of fun stuff. And then Sunday we'd come to church and everybody would go home. After a couple years of that, we decided, you know what, why don't we take Saturday, and we've got all these students, why don't we take Saturday and why don't we go serve our community? Instead of just playing and being silly, and, and, and we, which is all that's fine, why don't we go take these 500 students and let's go make a difference in our community? And so we did. We decided we're going to just take these students and go, man, we went to parks, we went to schools, we went to homeless shelters, feeding shelters, man, we went everywhere. We took kids all over the city of Knoxville. And I'll never forget this. There was a neighborhood probably 10 minutes from our church, but it was a really rough neighborhood called Lonsdale. And Lonsdale was one of the, the highest crime. It was one of the most impoverished neighborhoods. And so we were like, hey, let's take some students down there and let's clean up the park. They had a beautiful park, but it was just filthy and stuff written all over. it. It was just junk. We painted and we fixed fences and, and we had about 50 students and we had about 20 adults go to Lonsdale Park. And it was amazing. Our kids loved it. Most of them never even been down there before. The, the community loved it. They called us. It, it, it just started a great relationship with that neighborhood and our church. And I'll never forget this. On Sunday, we, we, we bring all the kids to back to church. And this dad comes up to me on Sunday. We just went yesterday. And he says, hey, Bobby, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, what's up? He said, um, did, did my two sons go to Lonsdale yesterday? And, and honestly, I mean, there's 500 kids. I had no idea where his kids went. And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I think, I think they did. I think they did. He said, yeah, they told me they did. He said, I want you to know something. I pay a lot of money to keep my kids out of those kind of neighborhoods. It broke my heart. This man's been in church. He's a leader. He paid all kinds of money to keep his kids out of those kind of neighborhoods. And that night, I, I talked to our pastor and I told him, I was like, man, this guy's upset at me. I'm sure he's going to come talk to you about it. And he's like, you know what, Bobby? You guys are being like Jesus. And if the religious people are going to get mad, so be it. And I think you and I in our lives, we need to understand something. This is so important. Don't insulate from people who need God. Incorporate them into your life. Don't insulate your family from people who need God. Incorporate them in your life. That's what Jesus did. Jesus ate with those people. Jesus played with those people. He had fun with those people. He had conversations with those people. And you and I, it might upset some religious people, but that's okay. Number three, number three. Be compassionate, merciful, truthful, and generous. I could have went on and on with all the character traits of Jesus. Be compassionate, merciful, truthful, and generous. In almost every single story, in every single story we read about Jesus, his character is revealed. He was and is compassionate. Jesus, think about all the different times he was in the midst of crowds. If somebody needed healing, what did he do? He'd stop and he'd heal. If someone needed food, he would stop and he would make sure they had food. Or he would, he would feed thousands at one time. Why? Because he was compassionate. 
Jesus had a heart for for mercy and forgiveness. He wanted people to know, hey, you may feel ashamed, you may feel condemned, but in me, there's no condemnation. He wanted to make sure that people understood. Think about the prayer that he prayed on the cross. All the people just killed him. All the people just beat him half to death. And he says, what? Father, forgive them. Jesus was all about people knowing and understanding he had forgiveness for their life. He was honest and he was truthful. He never violated his word. He always did what he said. He spoke truth. He lived a life that, that, was, that was pure and beautiful and holy. And he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Generosity was always at the heart of Jesus. Everything that Jesus did, he gave it all. He gave his life for eternity. So number three, be compassionate, be merciful, be truthful, and be generous. Number four, number four, take naps on boats. Come on, somebody. I need an amen right there, all right? Hey, we're trying to be like Jesus this year, so this is what we're going to do, all right? As I was thinking about this the other day, this thought popped to my mind. Take naps on other people's boats is what Jesus did, (laughs) right? (laughs) So uh, I want to be more like Jesus this year, so if you got a boat, holler at me. Uh, (laughs) Number five, number five, tell stories that make people think. Tell stories that make people think. Jesus is the master storyteller. He said, hey, did you, did you hear about this? And then he would go on to tell and he would teach this parable is what the Bible called it. The Bible says that Jesus' favorite uh, storytelling technique was a parable. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. Listen to this. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. Think about a great story, right? And when somebody starts a great story, you're locked in. You want to hear it, right? And then when the story ends, you're like, oh, man, that was good. But then you kind of tune out, right? Some of you are doing that this morning. But, but that's okay. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating how quickly a crowd can, can be engaged into a story and then how quickly when the story's over uh, all the attention vanishes right and Jesus spoke in these simple terms he didn't use all this theological jargon and and confuse everybody he was practical he was like hey listen to this story let me explain this to you and this is who this means and this is what this means and Jesus was super practical with the story that he tells I want you to know something today as you came in, there's signs all over our building. You might have read it and you might not have. But one of those, story, one of those uh, signs says, your story matters. Your story matters. There's an old church saying um, that says, every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. So when you count, you know, you talk about attendance, every number has a name. Every one of those people, all the numbers we were talking about a minute ago, every number has a name. And every name has a story, and every story matters to God. Can I tell you something today, church? Your story matters. You may not feel like it's much of a story. You may, not feel, you may feel like it's too much of a story. But can I tell you, Jesus used stories to make people think. He used stories to help bring people to him. And maybe your function in the body of Christ this year is to tell your story, to use your story, use your hardships, use your losses, use your victories for God's glory this year. Your story matters. And it might be the thing that brings someone hope this year. Tell stories, tell stories. Tell stories that make people think. Number six, number six, give people hope. Give 
people hope. Let me tell you this story right now. During World War II, six pilots took off from an aircraft carrier in the North Atlantic to scout some enemy submarines. While they were gone, the captain of the carrier was forced to issue a blackout alarm. The ship went totally dark. When the pilots tried to return, they couldn't find the ship. They radioed, give us some light, we're coming home. The ship's radio operator replied, order, blackout, I cannot give you light. In turn, each pilot desperately radioed the same message. Just give me some light and I'll make it back. And each time, the operator had to radio back, no light, blackout. Because there was no light from that ship, six young pilots went to their graves in the icy North Atlantic Sea back in World War II. Church, we live in a dark world. We live in a world that needs light. We live in in a society, in a culture that tries very hard to dim the lights and turn the lights off. And it's all more important for you and I to give people hope. We just got done celebrating Jesus' birth, right? And he's the light of the world. He's a hope for eternity. Through Christ, we have hope for a future. And if you're a part of the body of Christ and you have that hope and you know that, right? How do I know that? Because when I lay my head down on the pillow at night, I have, I have full confidence. I have full trust. I have full faith that God is who he says he is. And I'm a part of the family of God. That's the hope. The hope that I can be forgiven. The hope that I can get back on the right path. Our hope is certain. It's not suggestions. It's not questions. Our hope is certain. We have forgiveness. We have reconciliation from a perfect, perfect father. And so many people live their lives without hope. And just like those pilots, without the light, they couldn't see. We have to be, the church has to be the people to give the world hope. Number seven, last one. What else did Jesus do? Jesus prayed and he prayed a lot. He prayed and he prayed a lot. Jesus was and Jesus is a man of prayer. A man of prayer. Prayer was a crucial part of Jesus's life. It wasn't, it wasn't this supplemental side thing that Jesus did in his ministry time. And here's what I believe. I believe that we know prayer is important. I believe that you and I, those that are part of the body, uh, uh, we know that it's important. But unfortunately, prayer is gradually becoming a supplemental act, right? Because it's easy to justify my lack of prayer because I got family and I got work and I got school and I got stuff and we got this and we got that. And it's real easy to justify why I don't pray. We can get overwhelmed with life. We can get overwhelmed and we can squeeze in a three-minute prayer at, 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 at you know, supper time. We can squeeze in a little bit of time here and there. Jesus was not only a man of prayer, but he was a model for prayer. Every time you look in God's word, in the middle of Jesus' ministry, he would either stop in the middle of it, before it, after it, and he would go and he would seek God's face and he would pray. Prayer was not just the starting spot for his ministry. It's what lasted. It's what continued. It's what sustained him. It's what connected him to the heavenly father during and through and at the end of his ministry. It is mission critical to take time out of our lives and come before the father. And so many of us, we hesitate because we don't feel good enough. We don't feel like we're going to say the right words. We're going to mess up. There's no messing up. 
It's a conversation between you and the Lord. It's mission critical for you and I to pray. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like the picture. I got to pray. I pray a lot. So I, I could go on and on and on about ways that you and I can see the picture of who Jesus is and what our lives need to be looking like. But what I wanted you to see today is we have the picture. 2024, we're just kicking it off. The vision for my life, I'm going to strive to be like Jesus. And I'm going to, I'm going to take some steps. And it's a process. And i got to understand, God created me as this puzzle piece. And I want to figure out where I fit. I want to figure out what my life looks like when I chase after Jesus. And I'm going to take my mind off of earthly things. And I'm going to put it on heavenly things. And I'm going to see the vision for my life and, and for my family and for my workplace and for my school. God, give me vision so that I can chase after you. And give me the wisdom and the power and the, the courage to take the steps that I need to take to become what you've designed me to become. Church, let's renew our minds in 2024. Let's strive to be like Jesus. Watch him do mighty things. Watch him do miracles in your life. You need something fresh from God. Renew your mind. Don't take 2023 mindset into 2024. Renew your mind. The Bible describes Jesus in so many different ways, but I would say probably the, the way I most relate to, the way I, I, I love to think about, is the Bible says Jesus is the cornerstone. And back in these times when, when buildings were being built, they would lay this huge stone. And off of this cornerstone of the building, everything else would be built and stacked off of this cornerstone. And if that cornerstone was off a little bit, the whole building would be off. And the Bible says that Jesus is the cornerstone for his church to be built upon. Jesus is the cornerstone for your life and for my life to be built upon. And can I just tell you something? We're, we're all friends now, right? When the cornerstone's off, everything's off. When I don't have the cornerstone in the right place in my life, everything else is off. And I wanna just challenge you this morning. I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to God. Here's my question for you. Is Jesus the cornerstone of your life? Is Jesus the cornerstone of your life? He's the standard for measurement. He's the standard for building. He's the standard that we have for our lives. Everything else is going to leave me wanting. Everything else that I try to, to replace with the cornerstone, everything else I'm going, to, I'm going to be wanting more. I believe with all my heart God has great plans for City Hope Church. God can impact the world through City Hope Church. And when I say that, I want you to understand what I mean. Obviously, I'm not talking about this cafeteria. <laughs> That's not City Hope Church. You and me, the people. God can impact the world through you and your story and your life. And we got the picture that you and I can strive after. Would you pray with me this morning? I love looking out and seeing so many familiar faces, seeing some new faces here this morning. But I believe with all my heart, you're not here by accident. God has a reason for you being here today and maybe something that's been said, maybe a scripture, a prayer, a song. God's stirring in your heart this morning. 
Maybe God's stirring in your heart to take a step closer to him. I believe our job as a church is to give you opportunities to respond. Can't make you. Jesus isn't going to make you. He gives you that choice. But today, I want you to hear me. As we walk out these doors here in just a few minutes, I want you to understand, here's your opportunity. If you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, take that step today. Don't wait. Make Jesus the cornerstone of your life. You've tried everything else. Renew your mind. Renew your life. Transform Make Jesus the cornerstone of your life. If you haven't taken that step and you know without any doubt you've never taken that step, here in just a moment, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna get an announcement. We're gonna leave. But before you walk out of this place, stop by, grab myself, Pastor Brad, Pastor Steve, say, hey, can I, can I talk to you? I need to make Jesus Lord of my life. Jesus is not the cornerstone. We've been praying for you. There's people praying for you right now that you would take that step in your journey. Maybe you're here today and you know, you know without uh, any doubt that you're, the, you're part of the family of God. You're the body of Christ. And today you, you are begging God, God, give me the vision. Give me the picture of what my life's supposed to look like so I can chase after the picture. God, I'm a, I'm a puzzle piece and here I am. Use me. Put me where you need me. Put me in the function that you created me to do. And I want to just ask you right now, all over to this room, would you just pray? If that's you today, you say, God, I'm a puzzle piece. Use me. Use me at City Hope. Use me in my family. Use me in my workplace. Use me in my neighborhood. Use me wherever you want to use me, God. Here I am. God, put the invitation out there. It's up for you and I to say yes. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your son, Jesus, that we can look at and know that you have good plans. God, your plan for our lives is better and bigger and more amazing than anything we could even think of at this moment. And I pray that each and every one of us would take steps on our journey towards you this week. Lord, help us to take steps today. And God, I pray in those moments when we fall down, because we're gonna fall down, we're gonna mess up. I pray, God, that you would just let us see and know that your hand's right there and ready to take us back and ready to get us on the right path. I pray that there's some people here today that would renew their minds. 2023 was tough and the enemy's got them captive, God, and I pray that today lives would be transformed, not because of anything else, but because of you, Jesus. Help us to put those old thoughts behind us, those negative thoughts behind us, those, those tough days and God, help us to focus on how good you are and to know that you have good plans. Father, I pray for those that are in here that are trying to make a puzzle without the picture. Oh God, give us vision. Help us to see. Thank you. Thank you for letting us be here two years later that we can celebrate all you've done but we can continue to keep pushing and working for all you want us to be. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.